before you launch in, Adam, I did want to sort of get into the Jags if that's all right with Pat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> everyone to another edition of the long snapper nfl podcast i am your host adam i have uh, pat jackson with me hi pat hi there do we need to specify nfl if long snapper's the first word <laughs> i mean <laughs> sure <laughs> why not i'm really enjoying the sound of craig scratching his head with his, with his microphone, <laughs> literally using his microphone to scratch his head. You know, this is a professional outfit. Incredible. <laughs> I think that's the introductions done. Um, you can hear Rich. You can hear. You can hear Craig's head. Um, Pat moaning about me using the end of the words. The well, not the word. The letters NFL in the introduction. Um, I'm sure that's in our name on Twitter, and like, it's like a. You get if people are searching for NFL, they'll find us. That's the logic. I didn't need to say it. You're right. <laughs> Somewhere in the 258 uh, pages of Google searches. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're probably. I mean, our SEO lingo there. Um, it's probably not quite up to getting us at the top of the list if you're googling NFL podcasts. But who cares? You know the <laughs> the loyal seven listeners we have. Um, hopefully we'll have downloaded this if you're googling nfl podcasts you're finding your podcast incorrectly that is true but if you need to google podcasts to find more of them then something's wrong as well but there's far there are far too many podcasts these days and really we should stop we won't <laughs> but we should yeah, yeah accurate <laughs> All right, what have we got for you this week? The usual, obviously. I don't know why I said that. We'll start with a quiz. I have, I don't know how this is going to go. Um, this could be a disaster. Um, it could be good. Um, we're going to talk about interceptions. Ooh. <laughs> On the back of Trevor Lawrence throwing four of them. Um, it's, it felt like the right thing to do. Sorry, Pat, that was a that was a. You milled us. You don't need to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> so... You are going to name quarterbacks who've had lots of career interceptions. And you can name anyone you like. The only thing you have to do is to name somebody who has 50 or more career interceptions in the regular season. Um, but here's the twist. The number of career interceptions this player names will be the number of points you score. Uh, so you want to get as high on the list as possible. If you fail, if the guy you name fails, to, doesn't have as many as 50, you won't score anything at all. And because if I extended the list to longer than that, it would be far too long. <laughs> I am going to give you, I reckon, five goes each, and we'll simply see who has the most points. So I won't start with Gray because he won't have been listening. <laughs> see, I, I, that, that, see, funny, funny you say that. On one <laughs> time I am listening, this is uh, key. Who goes first? <laughs> who goes first is 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 is, is reasonably significant. Well, you think that, but I'm I'm gonna stick another quick caveat, which is nobody's allowed to say Brett Favre. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> There's the equaliser. <laughs> there you go. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Obviously, famously, the the most inter-career interceptions were 336. That would be a lot of points. <laughs> 336 <laughs> points. We were listening. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. All right, Craig, then. You can go first if you like. Um, I'm going to do it like a snake to make it fair. How's that? We'll go Craig and then Rich. <laughs> Rich, you're going to be in the middle of the snake and Pat at the end. There you go. Ooh, Name a quarterback, Craig. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Brady. Boom! Okay. Brady has 201 career interceptions. Probably, probably could have got higher yeah, he's, he's 30th on the all-time list. Um, it's not dreadful. No, no, it's not dreadful at all. So I think we're going to get worse. <laughs> what happens when you're assisting QB? <laughs> Absolutely. Right, Rich, who are you going to go with? Uh, I reckon Peyton Manning's got to be fairly high up on that list. Yeah, he has 251. He's beaten Tom Brady. In a manner of speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pat, you can have, well, you can have two goes in a row. Marvellous. Yes. I am going to go for people I think played a really long time. So let's go with Vinny Testaverdi to start with because he played for like 20 years. Nice. He has 267. Puts you into yeah. the lead. All right. Second one. I watched The Simpsons earlier and he has a haircut you can set your watch by. It's Johnny Unitas. <laughs> <laughs> 253 for Johnny Unitas. Solid. Takes, Thanks, Takes Johnny. you up to 520 points. This is def- Whoever wins is going to have the most points of <laughs> anybody in a long snapper quiz, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Rich, it's back to you. I'm going to complete the Manning Brothers set and go with Eli. Okay, 244 for Eli. Uh, you are? Wow. That takes you up to 495. I thought he threw at least like 300 in his last two years. <laughs> it, just, it just seems like it. Um, Craig, back to you. Uh... <laughs> Don't tell me you've run out of quarterbacks already. <laughs> no. It's one of them that... It's a tricky one. Like, Do you... Do you, do you, you know, know time? Yeah. Uh... I mean, you, the, the goal is to think of bad quarterbacks who played a lot. <laughs> it doesn't Let's go, go with, uh, yeah, Blockhead. <laughs> <laughs> Blockhead's got to be a good shout. Yeah, only 209 for, for Philip Rivers. Takes you up to 410 points, Craig. It's you again. Long enough for me again. Uh... Someone like Fitz. Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like a good shout, uh, but only only 169 for Fitz. Yeah, because he's played 20 years, much. but only half a season every year. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the issue. You're right. Um, yeah, not just not enough starts in that time. Um, right, back to you, Rich. I'm going to go with Pat's approach and long-standing member of the NFL elite, Drew Brees. Ah, uh, yeah, good shout. I think 243. Uh, that takes you to 738. Why did I not start? <laughs> this is my first pick with, um, I can't remember who I said first, but I went Brady or Breeze and missed. You, 
you went, you, you went Brady. Uh, <laughs> Breeze, Breeze was there up for grabs. He has more inceptions than Brady. Um, you're losing, Craig. You're only on 579. Um, you're only 59 points ahead of Pat. Pat has a turn in hand. It's time for that turn. Imagine a Jet having the fewest interceptions. That's bizarre. I'm going to go for Ooh. Diamond Damarino. Damarino, 252. Takes you into the lead on 772 points. Right, right, your fourth turn. Fourth turn. One for you. I'm going to go Warren Moon. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good shout. 233 for Warren Moon. Takes you up to over 1,000. 1,005 points. Uh, Rich, your that's turn. That's a deep burn. <laughs> Feeling rather intimidated by um, Pat going back into the annals of history, which I obviously don't know. Um, I'm going to have to go with a man who shouldn't be playing but still is, Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, Ben has 208. So you are up to 946 points. Craig, you have got some work to do with your last two turns. Let's go with... Um... Oh, it's my last two. Can yeah, I win? Yeah. I can't win, can I? Uh, technically, probably. I'm going to go with... Um, uh, let's go Broadway Joe. Okay. Uh, uh, 220. Warden Brady, fuck. Yeah, yeah. He played not 13 years. Yeah, he probably should should have thrown fewer, really. <laughs> um, um, Elway. Oh, bollocks. Yeah, good shout. No one said Elway. Uh, 226 for him. That does take you into the lead on 1,025. Um, Pat is only 20 behind, so I'm not confident <laughs> in, your, in your chances. Uh, Rich, you are 946 if you come up with a good one here. Uh, you never know. Uh, I reckon... Well, I was going to go Elway, so I'm annoyed about that, but I will go with Matt Ryan instead. Ah, Matt Ryan, okay. Uh, uh, he only has 169. What? Nice. Uh, but that does put you into the lead on 1115. And Pat only needs sort of 100 and something to win. Well, I'm going to go with someone who's anonymous with mediocre quarterbacking in the early stages of me watching the NFL. I'm going to go for Drew Bledsoe. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Drew Bledsoe, what can I find him? It says a control F. That might not be a good sign, Pat. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, you're good. Bledsoe has 206. That gives you a total of 1,211, and you can have some music. Woo! Yeah, George being a stats geek, well done, Pat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a to weird... think Brady's played for damn near 20 years and is not anywhere near the top of that list is <laughs> phenomenal. I think it shows like how you know how much you really sling the ball down the field. Like yeah, you, look, you compare yeah, it, you compare fine. it to the obvious Brett Favre with the most. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah, How yeah. he played, you know, yeah, he yeah, would. He'd yeah, throw more touchdowns yeah. probably in the same time, but also more picks. And Brady's Still. always kind of like dinked But Brady's got to be up there for the touchdown passing. So it's not as though he's not scoring touchdowns. True. He's I bet he's also played, he's probably played more games than any of the others as well. But that makes the 
Inception's <laughs> yeah, even more yeah. impressive. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to blow, blow any more smoke up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but it really does. He's just passed 700 it is touchdowns the weekend. Unreal. Unreal. Bloody hell. I think that includes playoffs, but it's, yeah, obviously the most ever. It's broken most of the records. What what I want to know is if you knock off Craig's worst guess and give him far, does he still not win? <laughs> I, I can try that. His worst guess was 169. If I put Favre's 336 in there, uh, he still doesn't win. <laughs> 22, no, yeah, 20 odd points short. How many, how many wins have you got, Rich? Fucking cheese. This, this <laughs> week? None. <laughs> Same as you, mate. No, no, I've got plenty of wins. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, none today. Uh, Pat wins. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, well done, Pat. Thank you. <laughs> um, lots, of, lots of love between everybody, everybody today. Um, not exclusively, but some. Right, let's look at <laughs> look at um, the bet. Sorry, I'm laughing at how close you two were to getting a room on WhatsApp earlier, but it's all good. Right, Steve Rains, anytime touchdown corner. We predictably failed again. Um, we did get some out of six. I think we might have even got four, Pat. Does that sound right? That does sound right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't win us anything, but we're getting closer. We were um, let down by Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And, oh, and Jacobs. ourselves, predominantly. <laughs> as, as, as always, standard. Right, let's... We are going to pick... Uh, player from the team or our most hated team was the logic here um, but it kind of came a bit unstuck because we all hate the pats <laughs> um and i i wanted to to pick a cult uh, but they're playing the pats that makes that problematic i then wanted to pick a texan um but i think pat you had someone from that game and i was looking at ravens but we could take a different approach we could all pick pats and find a way to get around it I love the fact that in true long snapper style, rather than going, this bet approach doesn't work, let's pick a different approach. We just piled on through anyway and, and just fucked it up. <laughs> what we can do, what I was what I'm suggesting here is that we we bet on a New England Patriot to say score three, and then others pick other players. Um, because I, Craig, you want to pick a Patriot. Mark definitely wants to pick a Patriot. Um, I think I probably do as well. So if we pick, I mean, let's let's not go for anyone too obscure. Just score three touchdowns. Um, what are we thinking? Stevenson, Harris. Um, I don't want to go any of their receivers, really. Craig wanted Stevenson. Harris is still questionable after missing last week injured. Okay, definitely, definitely Stevenson then. So we're saying Stevenson... To score three touchdowns. Nothing's going to go wrong with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Russ wanted to pick a a New York Giants. Um, I don't know, don't know why he hates the Giants or you know, fans thereof. I'm not really sure, but he he went he wanted to go for Saquon, I believe. Um, Rich, who are you going to pick? Well, obviously it has to be a Seahawk. And DK Metcalf had a bunch of touchdowns earlier in the year, but hasn't had one for a few weeks. So he's due one. So let's go with him. Okay, lovely stuff. And Pat. So, yeah, I think Russ went Giants because 
you heard from the quiz last week that the Giants were my most hated team, which immediately meant I had to pivot. Um, but I said that my most hated AFC South team was the Houston Texans. And I've been meaning to talk about this guy for a while. So I've gone for the tight end Brevin Jordan. And we know the Texans have done a lot of questionable, some would say awful things over the last 18 months or so. Letting their rookie tight end where number nine has got to be right up there. <laughs> Double hatred. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. Uh, we've mentioned this before. Right, Brevin Jordan, DK Metcalf, Sequan Barkley and Stevenson times three. This is definitely going to work. Um, Steve will be laughing at this every week, laughing at our <laughs> pitiful efforts to, to win some Did money. Did we agree what we're just going to have to kick in at the end? We're just going to have to donate something. We spent all this money throughout the season. We're just going to have to suck it up and say... I mean, all, all we're achieving is making bookmakers more profitable. More money. Given, basically, we're giving our money away. Five quid a week, I don't think he's going to make a massive uh, addition to their profits. <laughs> no, fine, but we're just contributing a £5 direct debit to... Yeah, it's it it starting to get a bit like if we just donated the money to the charity each week, um, it, it would start to add up by now. It's getting that way, isn't it? We should just do that at the start of next season, just work out how much money it would be across the season, donate that and forget the whole thing. <laughs> because I don't have a betting account, so I don't put any of the bets on, what I did at the end of last season was match the amount we betted to a cancer charity in our name. So that nice. will happen. So you've raised more money for charity than the rest of us, basically. I mean, so far, but we've still got a chance. <laughs> I think, no, I, I, this, Steve would want it this way. De- definitely. You, you want to you chase the big, the big win. Um, and it's Providing just... the right person puts the bet on. Yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> I did it last week. It's not my turn. Um, someone else can forget <laughs> next week, right? I'll, I'll I'll try and I'm get it on this, it week. this week. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try and put it on. <laughs> we always try. <laughs> also, there are games on Saturday as just another thing to maybe catch us out. Um, right, let's look back at some games from last week uh, in our traditional short formats and one sentence reviews. We'll start with Pittsburgh twenty-eight, Minnesota thirty-six. This game was 29-0 to the Vikings with two minutes to go in the third quarter, yet somehow the Vikings still managed to only win by one score. Jacksonville 0, Tennessee 20. When Trevor Lawrence asked for more Robinson in the run game, I assume he meant more than six carries for four yards. Dallas 27, Washington 20. High Nicky not so fine as the Cowboys win an unusually important game in the NFC East. Seattle 33, Houston 13. Houston took the lead in this one, making them infinitely more successful than the game that I was watching at the same time. <laughs> Las Vegas 9, Kansas City 48. Were you worried? Kansas City defense really finding their rhythm the last few weeks. Perfect timer for Andy Reid and Co. New Orleans 30, New York Jets 9. Dear Robert, when are you going to get the Jets looking not like a total shit show? Atlanta 29, Carolina 21. Both these sides represent some of the worst NFL play this year. Neither meeting expectations. Honestly, feel like both sides should have lost this. Baltimore 22, Cleveland 24. Baltimore just couldn't overcome the early injury to Lamar. New York Giants 21, LA Chargers 37. 
honestly, I could watch that Herbert deep ball, deep ball touchdown hundreds of times. Best throw of the season, comfortably. Hell yeah. Detroit 10, Denver 38. Both Broncos running backs came out of this with kneecaps looking extremely healthy. <laughs> San Francisco 26, Cincinnati 23. A huge win for San Francisco to move them into the sixth seed and bring their season record level with the Bengals. Buffalo 27, Tampa Bay 33. Looked bleak at half-time for Buffalo, but they ended up only an egregious non-PI call away from stealing this one. Utterly thrilling game. Chicago 30, Green Bay 45. Why do defenders insist on trying on Rogers' championship belt? It so rarely ends well. <laughs> and finally, LA Rams 30, Arizona 23. As I said last week, turnovers, the difference here. If that star-studded round front line performs well as it looks on paper, it's going to be a tough night whenever you play the Rams. Side note, don't think I've seen a better two interceptions, zero TD performance from the QB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that lived up, that game. A lot, well, I mean, some games did. I think a lot of the Sunday ones were a bit lacklustre, but it was a weird one. We was Red zone, I mean, I watched the Titans first and then red zone after, and you sort of felt none of the games were going anywhere. And then suddenly, that late window, you had two overtime games at once, you know, both going mental at the same time. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, before I get into any of that, I want to mention um, uh, Demarius Thomas. And, we, you know, he has tragically passed away since the last time we were... We were on air, which is absolutely awful. Um, the guy was retired, but I mean, 33 years of age. Um, just absolutely dreadful news. Um, I wanted to mention how the Broncos paid tribute on the field um, and the the way that everybody everybody involved dealt with it. Um, our favourite referee as well. Um, so the Broncos decided for their, their first snap to have 10 men on the field. Um, was, I've seen you've seen this kind of thing before, and they kind of um, <laughs> a team's penalised for it <laughs> in a in a weird way. But the way they played it, um, the the refs had to flag for a delay of game because they didn't snap the ball, and uh, the Lions declining the penalty. I just thought nice. it was absolutely magnificent. And then Cortland Sutton, it was who made way. Um, he, he steps back onto the field. If you if you watch that clip and aren't moved, then you're not human. Yeah, and you say everyone handled it well. I think the only people who didn't was the people who edited the game in 40, who cut that out entirely and started after the delay of game penalty. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Bullshit. But what, what, a, what an absolute brilliant talent he was. I remember when I first started watching the game, he was one of the absolute wide receiver superstars, and to lose him at such a young age is is just horrendous. He was... He was... When Peyton Manning went to the Broncos and he had that he had that year out with his neck injury and then the Colts tanked and drafted Andrew Luck and then they decided that he was done or that he, they'd let him go and the Broncos picked him up. And I don't, I don't think we really knew that he'd have like a second wind in his career. I thought I kind of felt it might might peter out there, but instantly he just formed this rapport with Demarius Thomas. And it was just the Manning and Thomas show for, for two or three years there, breaking all sorts of records. That, that game, I don't think it might have been their second season together when 
Manning threw seven touchdowns in that opening game against Baltimore. And like, I, I don't know how many were to Demarius Thomas. It feels like most of them. Um, they were all sort of 80 yarders in my in my head as I've, as I've played this back. But they just they were just completely in sync. And that that offense was like the likes of which we've not really ever seen before or since. It's one of those um, era defining teams he was a part of. Right. Like that, yeah. that the idea of Manning, even at the time. I don't know about you, Adam. Obviously, we, we, we were NFL fans at that time. I didn't expect the Manning move to completely transform that Denver franchise. I don't. I, I just at the time, I definitely didn't yeah. think this is a this is the definite Super Bowl winning team. Certainly not. You know, however many I think they went to two Super Bowls. You know, the, uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was an unbelievable team, and he DT was unplayable. At, he he was arguably the best receiver in the league two out of four years or something. It was unreal. So much fun that team was as well. It was really exciting. Um, yeah, mad. I mean, I, I, I can't I believe that from, was so long ago as well. It's crazy. Uh, I went from hating Peyton Manning playing him twice every year and just most of the time getting embarrassed. So don't talk <laughs> shit about Brady. Don't talk shit about Brady. You know? It's literally exact. It's literally exactly the same thing. You basically just agreed with exactly the Brady's, same thing. Brady's different, Craig. He it's just not. Is. It's he not the is. same. It's not. It's not. But I. I if always... anything, Peyton <laughs> is worse because there's nothing wrong with the Colts franchise. The Pats franchise I, are quite I, clearly evil. The, the Colts disagree. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of love for either of them, to be honest. Um, but it, it did make me have, and I, I, I get where you're coming from with Brady and Tampa, but I think that it's just it's just too much hate to, to quite, quite work. But it did make me appreciate Peyton Manning without having to hate him. And so, like, the guy's one of the best who ever played the game. Like, the, the best in terms of reading a defence that there has ever been and I think will ever be. Um, and just... Yeah. Watching Peyton Manning at the line of scrimmage, if you know, oh, yeah. if you have an understanding of football, is it's you know, it's like Leonardo painting or whatever. You know, I don't one of those cliches. It's just so in sync. And it just it just used to be like, yeah, what what is at Broncos and you know, Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas. Well, so, you know, they had Eric yeah. Decker when Eric Decker was half decent. Yeah. You know, um, half decent. Was, <laughs> yeah. But it you just just appreciated it. Um, but those those games against the Colts that we used to play, and it it was twice a year, but it felt like about seven. And you couldn't you're just watching that offense, and it didn't matter whether they were third and eighteen. Of Manning's calling audibles at the line of scrimmage, you're like, oh no, they, they'll convert, and they they just did every time. Like whatever whatever you did as a defense, he was just always that one step ahead, and it. Yeah, you. I don't think anyone else has quite played the game in the same way. Like there'll be quarterbacks who have better, better arms than Peyton, more mobility than Peyton. Probably any other attribute you can think of, others are better. But just that complete command of what's going on. 
as ever with the long snapper pod, we start off talking about DT and transition to a 10 minute ramble about Peyton. Um, <laughs> the one other thing I'd like to say on this is um, a lot of the stuff we've seen this week in tribute has been really impressive, like local charity work. And that's something you couldn't do for every player. So seeing how much he meant to the local area on and off the pitch is um, really impressed me. There's a video I saw of him in a school. It was just like a couple of minutes. Um, you know, there were highlight reels and stuff that have been played of him, obviously. But it just showed him chatting with kids, chucking chucking a ball to them, you know, mess, messing about in the in the in the gym, and just being human. And I just I really liked it. And he just you could just tell he was just a proper proper nice guy. And it was there was more than, more than football to him. But yeah. And it, yeah, agree, Pat. It, it felt like yeah, the world pulled together in the right way, and uh, it was yeah, good. Agreed. It was it was it was it was moving. R.I.P.D.T. No doubt. Yeah, abs- yeah. absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, some decent games. As as I said, um, we had that late window red zone. The the Niners and the Bills. Um, both on the road, taking it to overtime. Um, it, the game went the Niners' way. For Buffalo, it didn't. I mean, in both in both cases, um, the the Niners were quite a way ahead, and the Bucks were quite a way ahead. The both teams ended up winning, but it should never have been as close as it was. Um, Rich, you want to talk about getting it done in Cincy? It was it was a weird game. It felt like it felt like games that we've had this season where we've sort of looked decent and then crumbled and the defense is still holding up their end of the bargain, but the offense just can't move the ball and we're just giving it back and giving it back. And it just, you know, we were, I think we were 20 to six up coming into the fourth quarter and still managed to shit the bed Mm. and go to overtime. And even the overtime we had to, you know, we had to get it done to get down there. We had a shot, of winning it right at the end and you know longish field goal but the kind of thing that you've seen Robbie Gould make time after time in you know late game drives Uh, so that was I think that was one of the shocks but what was great to see was you know holding the Bengals to a field goal meaning that we had a shot to to have a go at it and then we've seen people criticize Jimmy particularly in the playoff run where basically uh, at clutch time, Shanahan took the ball out of Jimmy's hands and put it in the run game, and he didn't. This drive was mostly about Jimmy. Six completions out of six, and he just he had that, was that moment. Necessity though, wasn't it? Because they had to. Uh, I mean, we had plenty of time. We were completing throws on first and second down that we didn't necessarily need to be. Uh, part of it may have been that the Bengals had been pretty effective against our run game for for most of it but it's still the kind of thing that Shanahan likes to go to anyway uh but the thing is I mean he was taking the time out of the game we got the ball back with about six minutes to go something like that um but it it was more it's almost a frustration because you see Jimmy in these two minute drives where the pressure's on he knows what he's got to do he's not he's really focused and not thinking about it but he doesn't seem to be able to elevate that way during the during the game at times when 
you know, if he makes a third down here or there in that fourth quarter, we never get into this situation in the first place. And I think that's the frustration with him is he can be capable. And some of the throws he made, there's a there's a back shoulder 15-yard throw that he makes to Juwan Jennings, second or third throw of that drive. And it's unbelievable. The ball location's perfect. You know, everything that he gets criticised for normally, not being able to throw outside the numbers, he does it. And yet, during the middle of the game, you try and get him to do something like that. The ball's off target. It's sailing high, whatever it happens to be. It just, there's something that doesn't click in until it's in that situation. And sometimes it's just too late. And that's that's a big frustration for, and probably part of the reason why we're moving on from him. Hmm. Well, okay. So <laughs> if, if, um, if, you know, Niners make the playoffs, you're in that situation. Does Jimmy stay on the field? Yeah, I think he has to. I, I don't think you can you can't throw not play in, Trey Lance all season playoffs. long. Yeah, and then so we're not expected to see Trey Lance in the playoffs unless Jimmy gets injured. I don't see any situation where you might see him for the odd play here or there. But Shanahan, having started the season wanting to switch quarterbacks in and out, has said. I don't know whether this is an excuse or not, but has said he doesn't want to... He feels like he gets out of rhythm because as soon as you put Trey in there, you get different looks from the defence because obviously they move to a defending a running quarterback style look. I'm going to um, put this out there. Go if for it. you lot are in the playoffs and... Uh, I'm Well, not even and Jimmy G's on a short leash. I think he makes a mistake. He's getting dragged... I, I I just feel this, like looking, this is, this looking is at that time, me, looking at that side, I feel like they are quarterback play away. That's do, how it feels. Do you think, we touched on this last week, do you think, Rich, that there's a, the 49ers didn't expect to be where they are now? Do you think that they, I have this impression yes. that they kind of thought that they'd just have a losing season and it would be very much, we're building for the future. We're going to just get get everything in line for next year when when Lance is going to be the starter um, and then suddenly they've got a winning record and they're in actually in good shape to to make a playoff run and because they've played the season the way they have they're actually not in great shape because Lance hasn't got any any uh, first well he, he's had one start was it when Jimmy was injured yeah um, and so he's he's not arguably not ready um, and if if they make the playoffs the idea of him playing is well, it, it's fine, but if you're going to throw a rookie in, you've got to, you've got to do it earlier in the season, if that's, if that's your ambition. It's a weird situation. Yeah, for, first to Craig's point of Jimmy will be on a short leash. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. Shanahan will lean on the run game because it's what he likes to do in those situations. I don't think he'll pull Jimmy purely because I think he's a stubborn bastard and he's made his mind up that Jimmy is now... Unless he gets injured, he's the guy this season. Um, in terms of setting up for not a winning season, I think I think part of the reason we've got into a bit of a mess this year is because the front office thinks it can have its cake and eat it. It thinks it can be competitive enough this year to make a run into the playoffs, keep Jimmy around along with his £25 million quarterback uh, contract while Trey learns get Trey ready for next year when he's going to take over. Um, but the problem is that Jimmy's £25 million contract means 
we've got zero depth at cornerback, for example, where we could potentially have much better play than we've seen all season long. That's been part of the reason why we've lost games. And so I, I think that's part of the problem. If they just sacked off Jimmy, traded him away or released him and just gone with Trey and thrown that money elsewhere into this, because that's a lot of money. 25 million gets you a decent chunk of talent um, to spread around elsewhere. I think that's where Jimmy's play's got to elevate in a way that he can do, but doesn't consistently do. And that's what we've seen us be consistently up and down this year. Yeah, corner's what I was going to bring up. It was noticeable that the Bengals picked on Ambry Thomas every time he saw the field. And uh, that just tells you that you have links back there that are weak enough for uh, teams to really want to go after them. And it, it paid dividends for them on several drives. So there's room to uh, improve there, certainly. Well, you say that, but the other side you can pick on Josh Norman, who's a walking PI. Uh, so Josh, Norman, Josh Norman ain't it anymore. No, uh, well, I uh, don't know that he's ever been a great cover guy, but he doesn't do enough of the other stuff anymore. Uh, he, to... was, he was at, at Carolina. Time. He, was, he was the yeah, best absolute the... lockdown corner. 100%. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I remember him being amazing and being quite excited when we signed him, thinking, you know, even if this guy's 70% of what he used to be, but he just seems... He seems lost out there at times. He hasn't got the legs anymore. You see it with these corners. Once upon a time, Daryl Rivas, you you could not run away from him. And then suddenly he can't keep up anymore. And the whole whole way you play the game changes. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, we we bet a lot on Verrett staying injured after one injury free season. And of course, he didn't. And there, there wasn't a plan beyond that. We brought in two rookie corners in the draft. But I, I get the impression the idea was to always have those guys sit behind the more experienced guys and learn for a year. <laughs> You've got to play at some point. Right. Well, <laughs> now they are. One other thing to mention about this game, I think, is the uh, Bengals fans were booing from basically the first drive after half time when they were forced to punt. And when you think of where that franchise has come from and when you're watching that game, having just been nilled by the Titans and lost like five games in a row and been miserable all season. To hear a team with that record and that offence and booing their own team, like, you'd be careful what you wish for and, you know, maybe have a bit more patience. That's a weird one when it's a, fran- it's a franchise that's had a lot of misery <laughs> over the years. Yeah, I but, thought it was but... strange when, I, when it was happening and watching it live, I was like, why are they booing? They're a long way from being out of this. Mm-hmm. One stalled drive doesn't mean you're fucked. And by the way, for what it's worth, the guy you, nobody's mentioned that it's sort of taken as red, but the fact that he's <laughs> he's appeared this year, he's not he stayed healthy relatively recently. Um, George Kittle, it's just in, incredible what he can do in clutch moments, and that that probably saved you, Rich. Well, it's weird because one of probably his most clutch play didn't matter. That grab over the top on the last but one play of regulation time, which led <laughs> okay. to the missed yeah, field, the missed field goal. goal. That yeah, was yeah. an incredible grab from a from a tight four well, from any receiving player. Really, uh, what I am enjoying is the combination having multiple different players who can do stuff like Kittle, like Debo, who seems to be a hybrid player at the moment, running back and wide receiver. And Ayuk seems to be now out of the doghouse. He didn't get targeted loads, but when he did, he looked 
really very good and has done for the last three or four weeks. Yeah, having Debo back made a huge difference to the offense compared to last week. Um, I mean, it would for any, but it was good to see it. And Kittle, since he's been back, has been pretty much comfortably the best tight end operating in the NFL. So you can't yeah. underestimate that. Really, yeah. really is. All right, we'll, we'll touch touch on the that Bills-Bucks game, um, which, <laughs> I mean, again, the, the Bills looked woeful in that first half. They didn't, I don't think, Josh Allen was the only rusher that even attempted um, to run the football in the first half. I think I'm right in saying Singletary didn't get carried till the third quarter. Yeah, Brady had 17 yards, which eclipsed any, well, the total of all of the running backs from Buffalo. Is a terrible state of affairs, uh, and and Jacksonville. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, Stop yeah, it. It, um, <laughs> that was a, a stat I saw. Uh, Greg Kett, I believe, yeah, it, it Buffalo's game plan obviously didn't work, and they changed things at halftime, and then it did, and they got things going, and it suddenly became this <laughs> phenomenally exciting game. It's funny how the, when the team with the lead is suddenly on the back foot and they stop playing how they've played the entire game to get them to the lead and they go into their shell despite it being Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, you know, he's, he's been around a bit um, yet you still see it. It's, it's so weird how it, how it goes. Um, but Buffalo just kept going and they were a PI call away from winning that game and arguably yeah. should have done. I think Mark's still angry. Mark's not, I don't think that's why he's not here. He's currently shouting at this podcast as he listens to it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you make a good point. I think there's a certain freedom in being a good team who's down a couple of scores because you can make calls on third down where you know you probably don't have to pick up all the yardage because you're probably going for it on fourth down anyway. It's, it makes the game of, easier sometimes. Yeah, it, you've got yeah. you've effectively now got four downs to do what you normally do in three, and all of a sudden there's a freedom in that for a play caller if they're a good play caller. Yeah, yeah. And it, it the dynamic just changes because the Bucks can't play like that. Because if the Bucks right. have got fourth down, they've got to punt the ball away. <laughs> and you also bombs. you also know what's coming more as a defense in that situation because you've got you know they don't want to throw the ball because you don't want to risk stopping the clock and giving the opposition more time so you're probably going to run it most of the time and stuff the box full of players there's just it becomes a bit more one-dimensional when you're that far ahead unless you just throw caution to the wind and go for it anyway um, but like the Niners they held on although not so much holding on but in, in the Bucks case um, they got the the big touchdown in overtime which... literal holding yeah <laughs> yes, um, oh, just just makes you sick seeing Brady get that kind of win. Um, but yeah, as, as we've covered, not not you, Craig. You love it. No, yeah, not not all. <laughs> I, as we said, it is a provided a way of appreciating the man in a dip. And, and actually, do you know what? Not even if he wasn't such a prick, I could. I, really I, don't, I don't think he comes across as bad anymore. Like, don't get me wrong. Did you did don't you get... see that video where he's but he's he's all like. It's all professional social media now. He did like a TikTok of uh, who were, I think it was Nance and Romo doing the game and they're saying, uh, laughing at him running, oh, he's a bit slow. And then Brady pops in with a gag and he's, no, Tom, that's not you. No, I haven't seen Hello there, fellow kids. Maybe that's that's why. I haven't seen any of that shit. I don't follow people like that on 
I mean, I don't. Obviously, I don't have <laughs> TikTok. Like I'm I'm a grown ass man, so uh, no TikTok over here. But look, I, I, fine. I'm not even talking about him as a person because he's done some shit stuff. Like I, I'm I'm separating that. He doesn't play the same. He is so, the, the the football itself is fundamentally different than certainly what we saw of Brady. Um, you know, pre twenty twelve. Like he he hasn't had the only time I'm thinking of looking at him at the Bucks where they've got like Mike Ev- Mike Evans is one of my favourite players in the in the entire league. Just so uh, the 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 reach of that man is in, is incredible, and then you've got that Gronk obviously rolling back the years, but he has he hasn't had those weapons since Ever. probably Moss, Randy Moss, New England. That's it. Yeah, he's never um, had. Yeah, and so. It's it, yeah, they're a better team than other you know other than their head coach and oh, I was going to say their defense, but that's probably not fair either. They're a better team than New England were. The only the I, only difference is Tom Brady's a bit older. I, I think it's different, right? I just think that fundamentally the football's different. He's different as a result, and um, look, they 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 go through periods where they do they do stall. We've said that, you know. I think. Um, We've talked about the Cardinals at times looking unplayable and then and then going through periods where they can't move the ball. The, the Ravens the same. Um, and there have been periods where Tampa Bay don't seem to be able to move the ball. Um, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it feels like, what the hell? What's going on here? <laughs> but Brady finds a way to fix it. He find, finds a way to fix it, finds a way to keep moving the ball. Um, that run game, and when I say I run, Four nets looking great. And 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 not just running the ball. We're talking about those dump offs, those screens, yeah. catching the ball out of the backfield, just being really, really reliable, not turning the ball over, getting upfield. It, it's a it's a it's a really good it's a really good team, and I, I do like. It's it's probably my my favourite team in the NFC. What can I say? Uh, let's let's go Pats. <laughs> I I saw this brings me on. I saw a Scott Hansen tweet I think yesterday, and he basically said nobody knows, nobody's got any idea who the best team in the NFL is right now, and I completely yeah, completely get that. Agreed. I can't. I I don't think Tampa are far from it. If we have to pick one. I mean, I don't, I don't think they are the best. I think they are flawed. I think that stalling is a bit of an issue. Sure, every team's flawed this year. Yeah, though. exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they're in that upper echelon for sure. The um, thing is, it's like every every three weeks it changes because every three weeks someone else is playing brilliant football and whoever was has suddenly fallen off a cliff because of injuries or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and are it's we... partly that some teams are rancid, so like. The Chiefs look like they're peaking at exactly the right time. But are they? Or are the, the Raiders just that bad? Well, the wheels have been falling off over there for four weeks. But they've been getting results. They haven't been beaten like this. Yeah, that was... It's just been horribly inconsistent. And the, the Raiders have had the, yeah had games like that where they just look absolutely hideous. And... But but that's the that's the character of that Raiders team. They've been like this for three odd years now where they can play staggeringly good football and other times they just stink the place out i mean they've been let down up top haven't they it's hard to hard to overcome these things and the the henry ruggs thing as well uh the yeah they'll be reeling from all of that Um, what about oh well let's touch on the rams cardinals monday night another 
another great great Monday night game. Um, it shouldn't. Yeah, it was an onside kick ridiculousness at the end, and it could there could have been another Kyler Murray Hail Mary. It wasn't to be. Um, and the the Rams were, as you said, Craig, in your, your review, you know, the the turnovers were the difference. Um, Kyler threw. There's there's one looks absolutely awful when you watch it back. It's just like one over the middle. Doesn't doesn't see it, but yeah, it, it that that was a difference. And another day, I, I think I felt though those are two teams that could play each other ten times and they'd have five wins each. Yeah, um, the way absolutely. things look. And I must. I mean, like I think first, like the, my my worry. I said it last week it, about Kyler is the turnovers, right? It, it, turn the ball over it, 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 it is a concern for that side, particularly when they're behind, because they 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 have no true running game. The running game is really based off Kyler. Even if they hand it off to Connor, and you know the commentators were going wild about the fact that he can catch the ball out of the backfield, that really pisses me off. Like, come on, guys! <laughs> like, listen, he's played football his whole fucking life. He can catch a football. It's fine. Like, cut it. That out. ESPN. Crew are the worst in football. It really ever. irritates yeah, me. Dreadful. It irritates, it irritates the life out of me. Like he's he's caught plenty of footballs, um, but it's based off Kyler, right? It's based off his all oh, his threat, that read option, and do you leave a spy? Can you cover the running back? He also Cliff Kingsbury's done a fantastic job there. We don't talk enough about that. Um, but that said. Given the concern of the uh, of the turnovers, that one you talk about with Donald across the middle, regardless of the tip, I think that's a pick anyway, right? He it it looks a very very even if Donald doesn't get his hand on it, it's a very very tight window and it looks like the DB's red down. It's barely tipped as well, I think. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's ba- exactly. So, um, however, the other one I do think is 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 a bit unfortunate for Kyler. So. I, 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 like I said, I, I, I think that's probably <laughs> some of the throws he made in that game. I'm, I don't know that I've seen a better two interception, no touchdown <laughs> performance by yeah. a quarterback. Um, but I give Stafford a lot of shit, and he had a very, very, very good game. I mean, that deep pass. You talked about Herbert in the Chargers, but got to give Stafford some love. He slung that ball to Jefferson. And it is so comfortable in doing so. You, you can't take that away from him. He's definitely got a fucking arm. He's I was, great to watch that kind of thing. I, I love seeing that kind of arm wheel away. And I was really hoping that the Jacksonville game was going to be the blip and they go back to losing again. <laughs> but it doesn't look like they're going no, to. That Rams no. offense now looks like they've whatever glitch they had, whatever thing that was you know, going wrong for a few weeks. That seems to have been sorted out again now. And and the Cardinals should be worried. They're only a game ahead and they've got, they've got the Colts and they've got Dallas to play. There are a couple of games there that if they, if they slip and lose those ones, the Rams could be looking at the, uh, at the, the division title again. Yeah. I think you're right about the Rams. OBJ looking better game by game, which is, I hate to say it, they were missing a lot of pieces on offense and it really didn't look like it in that game. And the defense stepped up to what we thought it would be. It was nice to have a really good Monday night game looking like the best game of the week and actually living up to that hype. I'm not worried about the Cardinals certainly missing out on the playoffs because 
their that, record is as it is right that, now, and that offense yeah. has enough good pieces. Like D Hop was back and looking very threatening. Connor's looking better than I expected at running back, and that's a really good weapon for he, he like, can versatility. You mm. can uh, catch a ball, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll get there. Whether they've got enough to beat the really savvy teams one on one in the playoffs remains to be seen. I don't. I. I. I'm not worried about the cards either. I think that the Rams, Sonny Michelle playing well is a big thing because I thought Henderson's had a great year. Um, so Sonny Michelle and they're getting wins while he's out is is big. You're right, Pat OBJ looked really good, and Cooper Cup is the pro start wide receiver like it is is staggering how precise he is as a as a as a football player um but in terms of the cards i think they've got a fantastic offense um like you say hopkins i mean hopkins is on his day the best receiver in the league green looking good um yep. and 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 you know connor connor can play three downs and catch a ball out of the backfield so and that defense, Chandler Jones, man. So yeah, I, I'm not worried about the cards. I think nobody wants to play the cards, but it definitely is a statement win for the Rams. The other thing they need to learn, aside from not turning the ball over, is uh, you probably want to stop lining up Marco Wilson one on one with excellent receivers in the red zone because he just kept giving up touchdowns, whoever he was up against. The the one thing that makes me sad about this game is that it isn't the Week 18 final, you know, divisional round games you know not divisional yeah. round but you know what i mean like the the last round of games where everyone plays in division if that had been winner takes all for that yeah game, but i think they'll both, they'll both be in they'll both be in anyway they absolutely so. will but it it's the seeding thing it's the yeah, yeah. you know getting the home field advantage that's such a big thing in that in the nfc i think it'll be in the afc as well but you know what i mean i do right um trevor lawrence uh now I obviously watched the entire Jags game at the weekend for very obvious reasons. Um, he, I well, I don't think he is anything close to the main reason why the Jags aren't winning more. Um, I think it's very clear what what that what those reasons are or what the main reason is. Um, Rich, you wanted to touch on this um, uh, whether you have concerns about that. Well, Trevor Lawrence's quality may be sort of being hidden by that. Well, I uh, obviously only seen the Jags play once this year, and it looked to me like he was getting zero help from his offensive line, whether it comes to pass protection or running the ball. Um, I wanted to get a better understanding, given that he was such a shining light coming out of college. You know, there was all this talk about him being a generational talent, that presumably is still the case, but I wanted to see, Pat, what, what is going wrong there? Where do you want me to start? There's so many bits. Um, the offensive line play against the Titans was the worst it's been all season. That started off pretty decent and has definitely regressed as we've gone on. So he was under pressure pretty much constantly. That didn't help in the slightest. The receivers are the worst at getting separation in the entire NFL. So when he came out in the media after the last game's loss and said, I'm going to really start to sling it now. I'm throwing caution to the wind. I'm fed up with this being cagey and not getting wins effectively. 
that's what you want to see. It's exciting, but it also brings alarm bells when you know your receivers aren't getting separation. They aren't doing very well under contested catches. And in fact, in some cases, aren't even contesting catches. So there was a deep ball down the left sideline where our receiver just stood behind the uh, defensive back. I think it was Fulton. Watched him pick it off. It's like, if that was a Mike Evans or someone, they'd be coming over the top of the cornerback standing in front of them and taking that at the high point. And he just stood and let him catch it. I mean, Fulton was there, but if there were... There were a couple of other Titans nearby that probably could have got the pick if Fulton wasn't as well. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't the right choice of target on that play if you look at it on the replay, but it wasn't as bad as it was made to look by the fact his receiver just didn't try to get involved in the catch. But that, that's not on Trevor Lawrence. That's, that, was, that pass was, I think, on third and very long. It was like a third and 18 play. Third and 16, scrambling. 20 nil down in the third quarter. These yeah. sort of things what, are going to happen. What do you want him yeah. to do? Exactly. Um, I, I definitely do think Trevor Lawrence has not looked good. Um, but how, how, how can you? <laughs> it is, a, it is yeah. like, and you know, this is no, I am on no pulpit over here. I am right in the shit with you. But it is a, it is an absolute <laughs> shit show, like from top to bottom. I don't, uh, honestly, if, I, if, I, there, I, if I there had of... not been the experience of Adam Gase, Urban Meyer would be the strangest fucking head coach I've ever seen interviewed. It doesn't make sense. The, honestly, Adam, Adam Gase means this okay. If we had not experienced Adam Gase, this would blow minds. What is going on over there? What? <laughs> it's, I, I, uh, oh, mate. I saw I, a Twitter poll at the weekend asking people to choose whether they'd rather have Adam Gase or Urban Meyer as their head coach. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100% Jacksonville's well. biggest problem is the way it's run and not the quarterback. Like, you just have to look at the um, the lack of use of James Robinson on over a thousand yards last season. Yeah, why? Um, this, why this, would this you is, do that? I don't this understand. Is my what, what, what have they done to Robinson? Sorry, Pat. Ruined him. They've ruined him. A combination of Daryl Bevel's play calling as offensive coordinator and Urban Meyer's leading of the whole organization because you know he has his favorites, he has his former college contacts. So Carlos Hyde was with him in college, and despite the fact he's washed up, he's the favorite somehow. It's frustrating to watch, and you know, the press conferences afterwards are becoming farcical. There's a lot of like non answers, sort of shambolic line answers, a lot of book passing. And we had all the stuff this week around, um arguments with players like Marvin Jones and calling coaching staff losers, which he's denied, but the but, but anyone anyone who snitches will be fired uh, yeah, exactly. within seconds. <laughs> Even though nothing's happened. If I find out who's yeah. told you about this nothing. And the thing is like I, I thought about it afterwards and like we haven't seen Marvin Jones in the media since well I couldn't find anything on the Jags website and like they put all of the player press conferences up. They feel two or three after every game. He's our wide receiver one and has been since Chark went out. So to not have your wide receiver one interviewed once in like 10 weeks, we haven't seen him since basically he joined. That suggests there's definitely something going on behind the scenes that, you know, yeah. we're not privy to. So it's not surprising. And like, and what, what Maya said about the receivers was pretty reasonable compared to some of the other things he said you know he's right they're not getting separation he's right they're not winning the contested catches that we need him to win so i didn't have a problem with that but when you add it on top of all of the other little things that's the issue yeah you're and not doing your job how dare you you're not doing your job how fucking dare you you chief how uh, do you think there's an element of 
wide receivers who or any player who has completely lost faith in the coaching staff probably not going to put in a hundred percent effort maybe you're at 90 percent maybe you're at 85 you sort of do what you're supposed the problem, to do the problem with not... that is it's is it only takes a few so say you've got two or three guys on the o-line he's division. already lost it yeah. he's already you know, lost it, it. they're not playing for him yeah, yeah yeah there's a lack of belief in the game plan and if you have right. that whether or not the game plan's good you're not going to deliver it these men see him as a chump it's clear as day yeah, he's behaving like a chump. So why wouldn't you? And like we've seen with the personnel management as well, we haven't set ourselves up in a position to be successful. And Shad Khan had a interview earlier today or yesterday, maybe it was broadcast today, but it doesn't look like any change in the front office or coaching staff is coming soon, which means we'll just stagnate for a little bit longer as a trash fire until it just gets untenable. So, yeah, but presumably say... it will happen in the off season. And there's probably not much point doing it now. In truth. No, there isn't. And I don't honestly, unless he is ruining it. Like, the thing is, it seems like Maya's so toxic that you might just want to cut your losses. Maybe let the let the next, you know, two months sort themselves out, get a bit of good feeling in the building before you make a decision. But it's so toxic every week, every, every literally every week, there's three or four quotes. And I, I don't follow Jag's Twitter and still seeing ridiculous statements from this man that he's throwing some un, uh, uh, unexpected person under the bus and taking no responsibility week after week multiple times after you've had a terrible performance guy's a joke mate get him so out he was asked this week about young players like rookies getting more snaps because you know season's over so why wouldn't you be giving your rookies more snaps to prepare them for next season he was asked specifically about andre cisco who um, has played very little, but we were, he was trumpeted as this um, really good ball hawk safety who'd be featuring a lot in our starting lineups and just hasn't. And he said, oh, yeah, and- Andre's looking good behind the scenes. You know, we're getting him more involved on the defence. And the report was like, he he had zero defensive snaps in that game. And everyone was like, oh, so, yeah, the old, I don't like to micromanage things. He's like, we don't know anything. You know less than I know from looking at Sleeper for three seconds about your He, he didn't know that his own player hadn't seen the field. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's mad. I mean, yeah. Which you wouldn't accept in Britball. <laughs> Literally. I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept it if I'm playing Madden. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. The one but silver it, lining to all of this is that Trevor Lawrence has shown in his press conferences that he's thoughtful, intelligent and honest and exactly the sort of leader you need at a football club. So I don't doubt his athletic ability. I don't doubt his mental ability or his character. And if you've got that, you can build around that. You just need to build around it with the right things. And do I have faith that Shard can pick up the right things? Not from what we've seen over the last 15 years, but if he does, we can have success. It's not outrageously impossible. You presumably, if you're getting rid of Urban Meyer, you've got to get rid of Balker as well. I bloody I would hope be, so. We shouldn't have kept him in the first place. I would be as worried if Balker's still at your ball club by the time the draft comes around next year as if Urban Meyer is. There is no one on the offensive coaching staff I'd want to see stay, and certainly Balky neither. Um, the only one of the offensive coaching staff I would have wanted to see stay was uh, Keenan McArdle, who they let go in the off-season when they kept bulky, which just tells you about how they view their characters in the uh, hiring and firing areas of the organisation. To bring this full circle, um, uh, 
to talk about Trevor. I'm watching that game. I don't. I'm. I don't think there's anything he could do to change the outcome, given what he's working with, given the fact that I mean he's he's, he's playing against a what has become an elite pass rush in Tennessee. So that sounds weird saying that. Um, <laughs> um, but with with a a poorly functioning offensive line, so he's under pressure every single time he drops back. Um, they didn't, as I say, didn't get the run game going. They didn't attempt to get the run game going. That that that, that beggars belief. Yeah, it's um, mad. So Trevor Lawrence is running for his life. His receivers aren't open anyway. Um, so he's what's what's he going to do? Take a sack, try and scramble, get hurt, throw in. It just it just felt like you know Brady Manning, whoever at their best, weren't going to get anything out of that game. It doesn't. You could you could stuck anybody in there. Um, wouldn't make any any difference, and and hopefully, yeah, hopefully he doesn't get ruined by it. That's that's all you can say. Yeah. I don't I don't think that you know I, I'm not one to absolve people of their mistakes. So I think <laughs> Trevor Lawrence can play better, but there's no doubt that a yeah, but, sign but it, a, a sign of a badly coached team is often the offensive line and. It is not an easy thing to coach offensive line. Like it's a hard thing to coach, and so when you have when when you have a clear deficit in coaching, I think that's clear, clear as day with the Jags. Game plan seems all over the place from snap one. Um, I don't think they've done anything to help Lawrence. That's for sure. Mishandling of Robinson is is scandalous. I don't. There's times where you could argue Robinson's one of the best running backs in the league. How are you? Yeah. Why do you bench look, him every look, time? Look how well he looked. How well he was playing. Poor guy makes though. a mistake with this absolute uh, sieve of an offensive line, and he's been keep, treated with sickening disrespect. And I you keep it. benching him. It's like, what are you? How can, What message are you sending? This is nuts. After you've already ruined him through the draft, I just, I just think, like I say, a clear sign of poor coaching is often the offensive line because offensive line is a very difficult thing to coach, and. Coaching there is as bad as it is in New Jersey right now. It so. goes beyond coaching. It's it's man management. It's 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 oh, everything. Well, <laughs> everything just gonna, that it's Urban Meyer's job to do. They're going to um, end up with the same situation now before now, where he gets cut because someone in the organization has decided they don't like him. He goes somewhere else like the Buccaneers and turns into a stud, or returns to being a stud. Yeah, it's the one. The one thing I. I don't know whether this is just the, you know, 15 minute highlights on YouTube impression, but the one thing that did look more positive was that it looked like the, the, the Jags defense was getting some pressure on Tannehill and making life a bit tricky there. I mean, 20 points for the Titans, that's, you'd expect them to be putting up a little bit more than that against a yeah, bad defense. We've, we've had on and off some O-line issues of our own, but I think it's part part of it. And we were playing a lot of the game in cruise control. I don't want to say I don't want to sound arrogant about it, but it there it was a bit conservative. And actually, some of Titans' Twitter were getting a bit peed off with it. I want to see more from Tannehill. I want to see throw the ball down the field a bit more. So hang on, we've decimate we've been decimated with injuries um, the last few weeks. Julio's back, but. Yeah, not quite hundred percent. Let's rein it in a bit. Let's keep yeah, take your bye weeks when you can. Uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it was it was let's stay healthy, um, and do what we've got to do rather than, you know, 
push ourselves too much. I think that, that was the an element of it. But yeah, I think the the defensive front of Jacksonville isn't bad. I'd, the, I'd probably the defense agree with has that. been the better part of us this season. You know, we saw it was what let's build would beat the Bills for a start. Um, pass rush has been improved this season, but not consistently good enough. And we need to see more from the stars on there, like Josh Allen. I think um, secondary is always a bit questionable, and you know we're down to pretty low ebb at cornerback. We saw Nevin Lawson getting torched a few times, and uh, Andrew Wingard as well. So there's concerns back there, but it's less of a low ebb than the offense by a long, long way. Fair enough. There was probably enough Jags chat. We've definitely had enough Niners chat. Um, in fact, just enough chat in general. We probably need to preview some some games for the, the week ahead, don't we? Let's do that. Okay. I do have one quick thing, uh, which entertained me watching the a bit of the Bears-Green Bay game, uh, which is the Bears managed to recover a muffed punt but one of their own special teams players had stepped out of bounds, hadn't, hadn't really been, you know, significantly moved into an out-of-bounds so, position. So it wasn't, wasn't like he was properly forced out, but because he'd stepped out of that, basically that was the thing that swung all the momentum Green Bay's way. And it's it's incredible. If you're a special teams player... You, must, you have to know that. How do you not know where the yeah. sideline is? 100%. It's the most frustrating thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mad. Um, I also enjoyed the fact that 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 play he took it in for a touchdown, even though you'd also know that you're not allowed to, regardless of the <laughs> regardless of having gone out of bounds. If you knew the rules, which <laughs> yeah, quite, clearly quite. wasn't the case. The Bears, the Bears played all right in parts of that game. Yeah, Field, they Fields look looked, Fields looked good. I um, think Fields looks like he's settling into the league now. Feels like a player who things are starting to slow down a bit for him. He's he's such a talent. I genuinely think he can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league if they can just get some better coaching around him. I think I think the Packers do look do look strong. It was one of those games where mm-hmm. you feel the bear the Bears are sticking with them, but it just took one bad quarter and that was it. And that I think it was a third quarter. I think they went they sort of scored three touchdowns or something in the third third quarter and just killed it. That's um, what good teams do to mediocre yeah, ones, isn't yeah. it? Exactly. Um, right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, some one sentence previews for week 15. Uh, we will start with Kansas City at LA Chargers. If you told Chargers fans before the start of the season that they'd go into this one just a game behind, they'd have bitten your hands off. Las Vegas at Cleveland. Anybody? Probably me, because I'd written one for Kansas City versus Chargers. <laughs> oh, I haven't, I haven't done it again, have I? Tell me I haven't done it again. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, it's me. I fucked up. <laughs> All right. I have to do them on the fly. This will be exciting. Just change the word Chiefs for Raiders and Chargers for Browns <laughs> and see what happens. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, definitely. Well, to be fair, my one for this was just, I got a bad feeling about this, which, you know. That <laughs> <I> works. <laughs> yeah, fine. Go with that. Okay. Uh, New England at Indianapolis. Remember when this game was always hyped as Brady Manning 9 or similar? Well, this is Wentz Jones 1. Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Titans D continue to improve and I just feel like they'll have too much juice for the Steelers. Pittsburgh need a win and I think this is just an awful matchup for the black and yellow. Fingers crossed you're right. Dallas at New York Giants. 
If I were a Giants fan, would I be desperate for Daniel Jones to return for this one? No. Houston at Jacksonville. Remember when this game was always hyped as Osweiler Bortles 3 or similar? No? No, me neither. New York Jets at Miami. It should be an important divisional game, but it's not because only one of these teams is even remotely competent. Washington at Philadelphia. Philly have a diverse offense and present a challenge for all defense. The football team D is finally showing some of the life exciting... <laughs> Start again. <laughs> <laughs> I had my phone open ready and this was really un- un- unprepared for some reason. Philly have a diverse offense and present L- a challenge. Literally for- reading. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Philly have a diverse... You're really good. Philly have a diverse <laughs> offense and present a challenge for all defenses. The football team D is finally showing some life for the exciting thing we thought we might get this this time last year. <laughs> Fancy this to be a spiced-up defensive divisional matchup. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I, I take I take the piss, but I could I could read Minnesota last week or Minneapolis when I, I can't even say it now. Arizona at Detroit, absolute massacre. Carolina at Buffalo. The Carolina team with basically nothing healthy left on offense versus a Buffalo team who desperately need a win. You'll be all right this week, Mark. Cincinnati at Denver. Orange. So much orange. Atlanta at San Francisco. I honestly couldn't think of anything interesting to say about either team. (laughs) (laughs) Seattle at LA Rams. This Seattle team is worse than the Rams in every phase of the game, and yet somehow I expect them to hang around like a bad smell. Green Bay at Baltimore. All signs point to a road win as the Packers get more and more dominant and the Ravens slip the other way. New Orleans at Tampa Bay. If only this was Breeze versus Brady 9. <laughs> Taste <of laughs> that versus Brady doesn't seem to have the same appeal. Easy work for the Super Bowl champs. And finally, Minnesota at Chicago. This one screams trap game to me for Minnesota. I'm not even sure they're favourites, probably. Yeah, I could see a Bears win, definitely. Put the mockers on that. The Vikings have have just limped a bit, and that that they lost to the Lions, didn't they? And you just sort of think, yeah, maybe it's it's not going to happen. But weird game last week against Pittsburgh. This is the time in the podcast that we should go back and review Thursday Night Football from nearly a week ago. <laughs> Shut up, Adam. Right. <laughs> Pat, you weren't here last week, so you've probably got more things to get off your chest. Ugh, horrible. Oh, don't say that about the Jags. No. Things Pat hates. Audio messages in text chats. <laughs> Definitely, there are certain people that consistently. Some people love voice note. I don't really get it. Just know if you're recording yourself on a dictaphone and sticking into a WhatsApp chat, ninety-five <laughs> percent of the time I'm not listening to that shit. Fuck off, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, Steve Beal. I know he. I know he won't listen, but he's one. He's one of those. Just cut this bit out and send it to him in a WhatsApp audio. Uh, he'd probably listen as well. 
No, but he'll reply with a WhatsApp audio of his own. I don't need another one. <sighs> with his with his little smug sort of tone, giggling away like he does. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Any other business? Um, Pat, go back. Let's go back to you. Well, um, I had an exciting hospitality event at Stevenage at the weekend. Um, went down for someone's birthday, one o'clock, nice roast dinner, which was already in the room when we arrived. They didn't tell us was in the room for us to serve ourselves when we arrived. So an hour later, someone came in and went, have you guys not eaten yet? What's going on here? So what, eating what? It's there, right? It's just behind you in that tray. Oh, okay. All right, thanks for that. So that was a good start. And then we lost 2-0 to Carlisle and everyone was really drunk and really miserable and really cold. So, you know, happy birthday, Dave. Thanks for inviting me. Um, let's do it again when the team's not shit. <laughs> Can you put a date on that? <laughs> well, I mean, Dave was 60, so, you know, hopefully before he dies. It's <laughs> <laughs> gone dark. Well, uh, Craig... Um, so I'm meant to be going Old Trafford on Saturday. Oh, nice. Well, um, potentially not. Um, yeah. We're meant to be playing Brentford tonight. That game was called off because of COVID, and so COVID's an issue still, guys. FYI. Um, COVID. What's, what's what? Exactly. What's what are we talking about? Um, so we booked to Airbnb, and Obviously, we got the news about the game being cancelled yesterday night. Nothing I can do about that. Came out yesterday night. I had to cancel my Airbnb by two o'clock yesterday. So I messaged the host and I was like, look, game might be cancelled. Couldn't have let you know before now. First thing this morning, it was meant to be yesterday, two o'clock. What are you saying? Because technically our policy is can't cancel unless I cancel on Friday. But basically, after yesterday, it's 50% between now and Friday in terms of what you can get your refund back. Could they move it to the future? Could you move? Would they? Like, so I said to her, I said to her, look, down for the game. It's looking like the game is going to be called off. They haven't confirmed it, but Tuesday's off. We saying, what's your policy around this? So she said, well, I have to pay my cleaner five days beforehand, and that's usually 20%. So I can refund you 80%. If the game's back on and I haven't been able to sell it, then you can have it at an 80% discount, so you pay the same. Or if they reschedule it, you can book it, and I'll give you a 20% discount. I don't got to say. Ah, fair enough. Very reasonable. Appreciate you. Uh, that is, I can get with that. I accepted the refund. It hasn't come through yet. Don't make me be on here next week calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, COVID's a shit time. I thought you, you were going to go in money. a completely different direction there. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know you know what it is. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, listen, I've got pals of mine who, have, who rent out their places and have cabins in their back gardens and whatnot. It's an income. You're running a business, but COVID is a thing. Be reasonable. Treat people with some respect. Try and work with people. And uh, 
hopefully they'll you know they'll, they'll treat you in the, in, in, the, in the way you deserve. So if the game goes ahead, I'll be rebooking and we're all sweet. If not, when we get when we when we uh, get it rescheduled, you hold up your end of the bargain. I'll book again. No drama. Yeah, yeah that urban treat people with some respect. Give it a try sometime, eh? <laughs> <laughs> He's so shit. The thing about He's that is, if goes. you you looked after like that and you'll go to El Trafford again in the future multiple oh, times you, you might you know you, you might go back there and again and again like that's how absolutely. that's how things that's how things should work absolutely um on a on a on a covid related level um i am all being well still going to austria for christmas for a few days so um the there are some yeah we have to get tests to return to the uk as you you'll all know um as it stands, entry requirements for to Austria are simply to prove you've been vaccinated, uh, which is fine. Um, but I got my, I went to the app and got my COVID pass yesterday, the day before, and downloaded that. That's no no problem. It tells me that, or it shows, it gives you two QR codes, one for each vaccination. Um, but the only problem is, I've been, I've had three jabs, which is slight discrepancy. Um, so I looked at it and it's not an issue. It, it won't stop me getting into Austria because I just need to show that I've been double vaccinated. But I had a booster 11 days ago now and it's not showing in anywhere in the NHS records. Now, a couple of things. <laughs> it, make, it makes me wonder. One, Austria and other countries around the world are probably trusting this system that we're showing QR codes for that is inaccurate. Um, the multi-billion track and trace system quite, you're talking about. Um, but also, also, I have no way of actually proving that I've had this vaccination. Um, <laughs> I, I rang up the 119 number yesterday and the upshot is, is I will get a call back within 21 days to discuss <laughs> it further from the right team that will deal with this. But I, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know. So at some point in the future, I'll need to show that I have a booster to get into countries or get into venues or, or something if COVID passports happen. And because there'll be, you can only be double vaccinated for so long, you'll need to prove your third one. Um, but what if what if I can't resolve it? Do I have to have the jab again? Just keep getting jabbed. Just keep getting jabbed. <laughs> what, over and what over. With that? I mean, it's I mean, probably I, I because be the, the system was designed when it was only going to be double vaccines. So they just designed it thinking everyone will have two and that's it. It hasn't worked out. hasn't been updated to... A mate, yeah, but, a mate of mine, a Emma, mate of mine Emma's had, had his... hers on the same day at the same venue, two minutes apart from mine, and hers was updated like within a day or two. A mate okay, of mine spent about three months chasing his second... getting his second jab on the system because he kept having the issue of not being able to show QR code that he'd been fully vaccinated, even though he had been, and having to do, like, paper, like, sent by the NHS stuff. It's in the system somewhere, mate, and it will appear at some point. You might just have to chase it for ages, which will be fun. Well, the person on the phone, once she said, oh, was it over five working days? I said, yes. Um, and she went, so then I, then I asked, oh, is it likely to just appear over the next couple of days? She went, oh, if it's over five working days, no. <laughs> if it's not there yet, it won't be. Oh, okay, that's reassuring. Awesome. That's very well. So no, 21 no days. No idea how this is going to play out. So you're week 17 AOB. 
we'll look forward to that one then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, Rich, you haven't, you haven't. I nearly uh, ended the show. I mean, I could still. <laughs> uh, I, I sort of, I don't really want to do this, but I do as well. Formula One, what a fucking shambles. Oh, so dude, I'd actually forgotten. <laughs> I. I want to be really clear that I went into this season just wanting to be competitive. Mercedes have been so dominant for such a long time. I like Lewis. He's not one of my favourite ever drivers, even though he's clearly one of, if not the most talented driver to ever hit the grid. But I didn't really mind. I just wanted one of the other teams, Red Bull, McLaren, uh, Ferrari, to step up, get a couple other drivers in the mix, and for it to be fun and competitive. And, And we've had that. It's been just one of the most exciting championship races for a long, long time. And then they fucked it in two laps at the end of the Grand Prix. And I cannot believe how bad that was. It's the worst piece of motorsport officiating I've seen probably ever. And I was a Damon Hill fan in 1994. It it was just unreal. So the rules are very clear about how you finish a safety car. It's one of two ways to do it, and they didn't do either. They went with a half-assed approach that meant that they let all the cars between Lewis and Max Verstappen through so that they wouldn't be in the way, and it could be a race to the end for the final lap. They should have let the cars behind Max through as well because, you know, you've got guys in third and fourth places who are in the same lap who could have competed as well. The director is allowed to do whatever he wants with the safety car. No. He is allowed, he's given full authority to call a safety car out and put it back in whenever he wants. He still has to follow the regulations for how that happens. There's very, very clear regulations. Don't, don't, shoot, the, don't shoot the messenger, bro. I've been watching the sport for 35 years now, and I've never what seen a safety car end in any you other should. way. No, 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 joking. <laughs> Didn't see you being on Verstappen's side on this one, Craig. <laughs> Gotta be honest. <laughs> so this wasn't about Verstappen's side or Hamilton's side. This no, is about, it absolutely isn't. And this, this is, is about contriving something to make it more exciting for the, all the wrong reasons. If you That's start contriving sport, me. it stops being exciting and people literally will stop watching. Sport. It is the literally the one thing, the one thing that you can't. There's no need to fuck with. It will always give you the drama. It will always give you the honesty. It will always give you the authenticity. The one thing you don't need to do is interfere with sport. And it's fucked it. And it's fucked it so much because I mean, I don't like Max. I think he's a entitled little prick. He's, he's the most... If you was to draw a man whose dad was an F1 driver, it would be Max Verstappen. The guy is an absolute fucking knob. But I feel for him as well. Because actually... Look, it's going to have an asterisk against this title forever. Exactly. I'm no fan fan of Max, but you cannot take away from the fact the guy is is aggressive and completely committed to winning. And if you like Michael Schumacher, there's a lot of Michael Schumacher in Max Verstappen. And so it is... Very, very frustrating as somebody who is a supporter of Lewis, but I do like F1. I'm not a big, huge F1 fan. I'm, I definitely enjoy F1. Um, and you fucked it. You ruined it for Lewis, and you ruined it for Max. Max's first one will always be remembered as the one that they, they screwed Lewis. 
And Lewis should have, for my money, given how he's driven, particularly over the last six races, won this world championship. So you've ruined it for everyone. You've completely uh, damaged the credibility of F1. Plus, you've con- you you. There's no way, two ways of ignoring it. You've you've subtly reignited that culture war bullshit. It, it's just it just stinks. All ends up. It didn't need to be. Let the race play out as it was meant to play out. There was, and it's just it's been building up for after race after race. These little interferences in which you just feel like. The race director is just really unsure about how to dispense his power, even when you hear it over the radio. Well, this this, this like is, this is just, which they shouldn't have. Yeah. We should not be hearing yeah. conversations between FIA and the teams. Oh, they, is, they, they shouldn't be happening, let alone not hearing them. Not at that my, time. Some I, stuff I, I, can happen. Michael, I don't, I don't mind. Michael, this is not right. Yeah, Michael, this, this kind of shit where they're Christian lobbying Horner him is not basically okay. Bullying bullying yeah. the director to get his way constantly yeah. but toto's why, the why same they... he's just as bad yeah but they're whether well, yeah they're all they're trying both, to christian horner's just because, best at it because, because he shouts like football. as soon as you as soon as you allow players to crowd around the referee and try to influence his decision they're all gonna do it it's just do exactly it. the same do it. as that you literally otherwise you're not playing your position imagine right. that the, but the thing is i mean craig you said it this taints max's championship not only that he had four cars in front of him who were all very aware of the fact that they're between the two championship contenders. They're all going to try and stay with Lewis as he as the safety car ends, and they're all going to jump out of his way as soon as Max is coming through because none of them want to be that driver that stopped him from getting a chance to have a shot at the championship. Yeah, so, but though just just the the car lengths themselves of four cars might have been enough to change. But I don't. Think that's Lewis's. Because... That's Lewis's prerogative. That's part right, yeah, of his yeah. race strategy. But but even with that, he's on much much newer, much much faster tires. There's a reasonably good chance because I was sat there watching it, thinking, well, with this safety car, anyway. they, they exactly. can come out with one lap left. With even with cars in between, he'll overtake him. Like it'll be last couple of corners, oh, and straight, it'll be a banzai yeah. move. But he can make this happen. And if he had, imagine how much better that would have been as a world championship win and you'd never get to see it that would have been more dramatic that would have been a better finish to the season and it just fucks me off that they've robbed the drivers the teams the fans of that just because Massey wanted some kind of contrived oh we must have a race here they finish like that and every one of us watch it next year every one of us wants to see how it turns out how Max and Lewis are going to be. You and I will watch it next year, but there will be plenty of neutrals who won't bother. Because I don't, don't, don't want to watch it. What, what are you talking it. about? Yeah. Hey, Mark said it in the group. <laughs> what is this? Next goal wins. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's nonsense. It's, it's not, a- absolute nonsense. It's not professional wrestling. If I want to watch a sport that's entertainment, I'll watch professional wrestling. And there's a reason why I stopped watching that when I was a teenager. I should have seen well, the like, signs. Well, like a little bit. Should have seen the signs from Formula One when a few years ago they did double points for the last race. Yeah, that Just, was not. Oh, that, well. That's and DRS. Fuck DRS. Yeah, well, yeah, it's contra- we've got a problem in our sport. It's bringing a different thing to add the problem to on top of the other problem. Great. I mean, the thanks. DRS to me is it's like Mario Kart. You just like. <laughs> You get, and it literally looks like it. Certain times, how they speed up. Yeah, it's not as bad as Formula E's fan boost. Formula E's a fucking mockery of a sport, but 
yeah, I lost faith and interest with Formula One quite a while ago, and it's not likely to come back anytime soon. Well, this is the other thing that pisses me off. They've made a load of rule changes next year that means that it should be a load more competitive. And this could have been, like you say, Craig, the opportunity to bring a whole load of new fans into the sport. You get another competitive championship, new guys popping up that are, that are in that title fight. I might watch it for a few races, but you know, if it if it continues like this, I'm going to lose interest very quickly. So yeah, speaking Thanks of listening, F1. Speaking of losing interest very quickly, if you're still listening uh, an hour and a half into this, um, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but we we Welcome. have to stop. <laughs> we have to end this. Right. I, there, oh, there's so there's so much more we could all say on on this. I know. Um, but you know, we've we've got beds to go to and podcasts <laughs> to edit. So I I won't be back next week. Uh, more on that. But hopefully some of Slacking. some of you guys will be. What do you even do? Podcasts. It's <laughs> a good question. Um, yeah, so hopefully some of some of you will be. We will have a, a long snap of podcast out, and then it's it's Christmas and all that. Who knows? I can't. Let's not commit to anything. Um, we'll we'll, uh, we'll catch you again soon. Go well. someone suggested i should host when craig has been a regular host of this podcast i know i didn't i suggested i meant editing and i well i clarified um where i thought all your strengths were (laughs) which was helpful